What's up, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Hello Ghostly Podcast. I am going to be your one and only host. My name is Ryan, or Hello Ghostly, if you were searching for me across the interwebs. And welcome back to a pretty jam-packed episode of this gaming-related podcast. It's going to be a pretty full one today. There were some really cool new stories that dropped after trying to record this already once i tried to record this episode it didn't go too well i had a bit too much caffeine that day and it made the episode a little bit funny a little bit too long and a lot of mistakes throughout so i don't want to do that one i'm going to be restarting up and starting anew and hopefully producing a so much better episode today that's the plan anyway hopefully that is what happens but as usual, let's kick things off as we always do with what I've been playing slash watching. I've been watching the usual stuff from last week. We are continuing to keep up with Loki week by week. We've got one more episode left. Episode 5 was fantastic. I liked it very muchly indeed. So many great Easter eggs in there that I don't want to discuss because it is super spoilerific. So we're going to just tiptoe around that one and move on to the other show that we've been watching, which is Harley Quinn. And I'm enjoying that one too. However, we are only watching season two because it's only now airing in the UK. It's kind of behind for some reason here. We are majorly behind. We get Rick and Morty pretty much the day after, but we can't get Harley Quinn for a year, which is ridiculous because that show is so good. It is so much better than Rick and Morty, in my opinion. I've yet to watch season five, though. Season five might be a bangerang. I'm going to catch up on that hopefully in the next week or so. But let's talk about what I've been playing, shall we? Because I've been playing some video games. And the main one that I've been playing is Yakuza 6. I'm loving this game. I'm loving this game. I don't want it to end. I will say, though, where is my boy, Goro Majima? This is the second game where he's got the short end of the stick and he's not been in the game. And my more favourite games are the ones where he is in, apart from Judgment and Yakuza Like a Dragon, because they're kind of like spin-offs, in my opinion. I love both of them. They are my favourite, like, Yakuza games that are in existence, or favourite games by RGG Studio. But where is Majima? He has some of the best mini-games in the entire series. For example, the Hostess Club from Yakuza 0 is fantastic. The Majima Construction Company is also amazingly good. I like that very muchly indeed. It's so fleshed out. But yes, where is he? Why is he not in this story? I know why, because obviously they tell you for story reasons, and I'm going to dance around that a little bit because I don't want to spoil the plot for Yakuza 6. But why have they give him the short end of the stick again? He is one of the best characters in the Yakuza series and he doesn't seem to be in this one as much. But I am loving Yakuza 6. It's a great game. I am slowly taking my time with the final missions. I'm on the last chapters and I'm slowly working my way through all the side stories and trying to get all that stuff done because I don't want this game to end. I love the Yakuza series and this is the last game that I have to play from that series series. I played every other one that has come to Game Pass anyway that is in the West. I haven't played all the spin-offs like I think it's called Aishin, I think it's called maybe. I don't think that's what it's called. I don't know what it's called, but it's there's some other ones. I know there's a Yakuza like Dead Zombie One Two. It's called Dead Something. What's it called? Dead Souls. That's the one, Yakuza Dead Souls. There's also that as well, which I'm not going to play because it's not available really easily. So I won't be checking those out. But I'm going to be finishing the final Yakuza game that I have to play. And it makes me very sad indeed because I do not want that series to end. But it's going to have to. I will, though, possibly return to Yakuza Like a Dragon 
and kind of see how it ties in more to Yakuza 6 because there are some things from Yakuza 7 that tie in very nicely into Yakuza 6. So I'm going to go into that game again and then maybe replay that one and kind of see those moments with a bit more context with having played Yakuza 6 now. But anyway, that's enough Yakuza talk. Let's talk about Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life. I've been playing more of that with my wife. We're on the third chapter, I think, third or fourth. And I'm having a great time with it. There has been some frustrating moments where there's been puzzly bits and we've not been able to figure out the puzzly bits because they've been kind of confusing. But it's still fun. Still having a good time with that particular part of Sea of Thieves. I don't like the PvP stuff on Sea of Thieves because I don't think the shooting mechanics are very good in my opinion compared to other shooter games. I'm a big FPS guy and I love my shooter games and this is not for me personally in that regards but I do like this storytelling stuff and it kind of makes me wish that this is what Sea of Thieves was. It's a shame that the game isn't all story based because it is pretty good in regards to story stuff. They have absolutely nailed it. I hope to hear them do more of this type of stuff in the future where they corner off and make it only PvE where there's no PvP stuff in it evolved. It would encourage players like myself to keep returning and playing and maybe possibly buying those cosmetics because I'm a sucker for buying cosmetics. Yes, I am. That's just what I do. But that's everything I've been playing pretty much. Let's get into some gaming news, shall we? Because Nintendo has announced the Nintendo Switch OLED model that is going to be coming in October. This is very nice indeed. They finally revealed it and it's going to be released on October 8th. And this new version includes a 7-inch OLED screen, which Nintendo is promising will have more vivid colours and a higher contrast than the original model. It's still in 720p though, so don't get too excited about that. The Nintendo Switch OLED version will also include a 64 gigabytes of storage, which is very nice indeed. And it can also be easily expanded with a memory card similar to the other versions of the Nintendo Switch. They did also make some changes to the adjustable stand, making it wider to provide more viewing angles, but also maybe so it doesn't break after five minutes. I hope that is the case on that front because I know that thing is flimsy as can be. I've kind of discouraged my children from using the kickstand. They tend to normally play with it in docked or handheld because that kickstand is going to break off extremely quickly and we've somehow managed to not break any as of yet so knock on wood on that one i'm not going to actually do it because it's loud and obnoxious maybe i'll do it in between recording but yes there is one major final point in regards to this the new dock is actually going to be very similar to the old one there will not be any technical improvements however there is the addition of a lan port so you'll now be able to connect it directly to your internet of choice. The new version does however have apparently enhanced audio through improved onboard speakers. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if they're going to be able to do much with it being onboard speakers. They're not going to be the best of audio quality, but it'll be something. It'll be something there. Maybe they've done something. I don't know what to say. They've fixed it. They made the audio better apparently. But anyway, if you do want to pick up this brand new Nintendo Switch OLED model or OLED depending on how you want to call it, it will come in two beautiful versions with the first one being the usual neon blue and neon red Joy-Cons as well as you get a black dock for that one. Then if you get the other new shiny version, the brand new color, it will be a sleek white color where it will have white Joy-Cons and a white dock. 
I think this is going to be the better version out of the two. I think the dock looks absolutely stunning. It looks very similar to the Animal Crossing one, which, if I do say so myself, looks absolutely beautiful in person. It's kind of like a creamy coloured white. It's a very nice colour. So I do hope that it goes along those lines. I am a little bit frustrated that there's not a huge change for this, but it is cool nonetheless. I am kind of on the fence of whether or not I want to pick one up or not. It's a lot of money for a Nintendo Switch that I'm not going to get a ton a benefit for because I don't tend to play in handheld mode because of my visual impairment. I tend to play in docked, so I don't know. I'm on the fence. I do like the white color scheme, though. If you do want to pick this up for yourself, though, it will be launching on October 8th and it will cost a total of $349.99 if you're in the United States. And if you're in the UK, it will be £309 something. I can't remember the exact amount, but it's around £310, okay? Okay, I don't have it written down in my notes, so we're just going to skip on to the next news story, which is a pretty banger because Assassin's Creed has got its next game announced in the form of Assassin's Creed Infinity. This is going to be strange because there's no trailer whatsoever, but Ubisoft did confirm that the next Assassin's Creed will be called Assassin's Creed Infinity and Beyond. No, it's just Infinity. I was just hoping that they would go Toy Story with this. But anyway, they announced in a blog post that they confirmed that the new game will be a cross-studio collaboration between Ubisoft Quebec and Ubisoft Montreal. Ubisoft didn't, however, indulge into too many details about the project, but they did mention that it will be evolving along with the video game industry. Due to the pandemic, Ubisoft has said it has fundamentally changed the way we produce games and that they believe this is an opportunity for one of Ubisoft's most beloved franchises to evolve in a more integrated and collaborative manner. The interesting thing to this though, before they posted this blog prior to it going up and everything, there was a published report by Bloomberg that went in to announce the game based basically discuss what it was called. They confirmed that it was being made by multiple studios, but the more notable point on here is that they believe that the game is going to have a live service hub similar to other games like Fortnite and Call of Duty Warzone, which is highly likely to be true because with the confirmation of there being multiple studios working on the game and they actually got the name correct, they had a lot of things right, so I would assume that this is correct and Ubisoft is going to wait to announce that. I do hope that they kind of tread lightly with this type of thing because live service is a bit of a strange beast to go into and control. I think if we get the multiplayer stuff of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and we get some cool stuff there or maybe something in regards to Assassin's Creed Unity, I like that game very muchly indeed, I would be very excited but if they delve deeper into the RPG-ness that they've been doing that sounded very close to penis but if they go down that route and they go to make this game more of an MMORPG that is similar to the current state of the game which is Origins and Odyssey and they go down that route but they include multiplayer and have multiple assassins running around and you can pick different factions I think that is not going to be for my personal taste and I will be kind of sad about that because I've yet to play Valhalla and it's due to a visual impairment problem I'd love to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla but I can't because they've made it to the fact that you have to navigate where you're going and I don't have any trail to follow and I'm visually impaired and I can't see things great sometimes so I can't play that game as much as I'd like to 
And it just seems like they're going to go more down that route and more down the MMO style type of thing. And that's not for me personally. So I think I'm going to have to wave goodbye to one of my favorite series of all time. I will say though, I've played all of the Assassin's Creed games up to Valhalla. And Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Syndicate are the pinnacle of Assassin's Creedness. And they're both the best game in the series, in my opinion. Next up, we got some new Game Pass additions coming to Xbox Game Pass for July. They've been announced and the games are pretty interesting indeed. The ones that will be joining the service shortly go as followed. On July 8th, we'll see Dragon Quest Builder 2 via the cloud, Tropico 6 via the cloud console and PC, UFC 4 on console via EA Play. So if EA Play goes away, so will that game. July 15th. We'll see Bloodroots join the service on cloud console and PC. Farming Simulator 19 also coming on that same day on cloud console and PC, as well as the medium via the cloud. Sadly though, it's not all additions here. There will be some games leaving the service. On July 14th, we'll see the EA Sports UFC on console and EA Sports UFC 2 on console leaving the service that comes via EA Play. As well as on July 15th, the following games will also also be leaving Endless Spire 2 via PC, Downwell on PC, as well as CrossCode on Cloud Console and PC. That last one stings a little bit because I was hoping to get to this game at some point and I'm now going to have to buy it. Oh no, I, I perhaps should have played it a little bit sooner. I've not got a ton of games that I'm excited for in July, but there are some pretty big ones coming, like The Ascent, which I'm going to check out. You've got Microsoft Flight Simulator also coming out towards the end of the month, as well as there was a final game that I cannot remember the name. But yes, July isn't personally for me, but I think there's some great games coming out regardless. I cannot wait for months like August, though, when we've got Psychonauts 2 and we've got Back for Blood in August. October. It's going to be a great year for Game Pass and I cannot wait to play them all. Talking about a game mode that I cannot wait to play and that is Apex Legend is adding a brand new limited time mode in the form of the Frill Seeker event. This brand new event will kick off next week and it will be having a brand new map for the 3v3 arena mode called Overflow, which kind of takes place in what looks to be a dam surrounded by a lake of lava. Some interesting points though, there were some recent leaks from some data miners that revealed some changes that would be coming to World's Edge, and this particular 3v3 map looks like it's been pulled from one of these affected areas of the change in World's Edge. I think that's what's happening here. I could be wrong, but I think we're getting a tease for that. The data miners also did confirm that the teasers for the map changes would be set to go live on the 15th, the 18th and the 20th, which is conveniently landing just two days before EA Play Live. So it's probably a safe bet to say that we'll get a full reveal and maybe some more details on Season 10 at EA Play Live. I'm guessing that's what's going to happen there anyway. But back to the Thrill Seeker event, which will also come with a bunch of cosmetics for you to unlock, which will include the Rampart Wastelander set, which consists of a gun charm, a weapon skin and a legendary Rampart skin. But that's not the only unlockable because week two will see you be able to unlock battle pass boosters something i personally don't need because i finished it as well as apex pack so that's very nice indeed and then finally for week three you'll get the chance to grab the lethal enforcer bangalore skin so that's very nice indeed it's not all sunshine and rainbows though because the event will have some exclusive cosmetics specifically for the store and they will be included in a summer sale that will last until
until July 27th. It does feel kind of slimy that they're having this brand new skins to buy in the store right after just having a collection event, which is basically their event to go, yes, buy our skins. Buy all of the skins and you get a nice, extremely rare heirloom that you won't see many people rocking in the game. So I am a little bit frustrated by that because I personally did buy into the heirlooms and I bought all the skins because I'm a sucker and that's how I roll there. But I am a bit frustrated that they did this because it's just finishing. It's literally about to finish and then they're going to roll straight into another event a week later. It's ridiculous. It's not even a week. It's a couple of days. But if you do want to check out this event, it will start on July 13th and it will go all the way through until August 3rd on Apex Legends on the Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. I'll be checking this event out, but I won't be happy when I'm doing so, because I'm not a fan of this whole running straight into an event after an event. I'm not really a fan of that. It's kind of money grabby in my opinion, and I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan. Something I am a fan of, though, is Microsoft possibly getting rid of Xbox Live Gold, which they are apparently planning to do so in the future. Microsoft was rumoured previously to be potentially removing Xbox Live Gold. However, that could still be on the cards and happening sometime in the future, according to Gamesbeat writer known as Jeff Greb, who recently started a brand new show on Giant Bomb called Greb Snacks, where he discusses the latest industry gaming news, leaks, and much more. In that episode though he said the following regarding the topic of Xbox Live Gold. I knew for a fact that they were going to make a change before Halo Infinite and I thought at least it would be dropped for free to play games because they weren't going to charge people to play Halo on Xbox when they weren't charging you to play it on PC or whatever. Then they decided to raise the price, and it looked weird, right? Why would they do that if they were going to get rid of Xbox Live Gold? I just wanted to reiterate, Xbox Live Gold is still on a board somewhere saying this is going to go away at some point. Whether or not they're actively talking about it right now, I don't know but they still have it on a roadmap saying Xbox Live Gold will be dropped at some point in the future. That in itself is pretty interesting, but he did add more to this by going on to explain that Xbox Game Pass apparently needs to be in a healthy position for them to drop it, and he doesn't expect them to really assess dropping Xbox Live Gold and until Xbox's Game Pass reaches at least 30 million subscribers and then he also thinks that it probably would not go away until Game Pass is reaching around 40 to 50 million subs. I have some facts on this though because on April 20th 2021 Xbox Game Pass was apparently sitting at 23 million subscribers which is quite a bit off from that 30 million mark so I personally think it's going to be a little bit of a while before they actually get there. I I do think it's obtainable that they could hit 50 million subscribers because this service is so good and especially when they start focusing more on pushing towards mobile platforms as well as tablets as well as TVs if they get into those markets and start marketing a bit more down those lines and tying Game Pass into phone contracts and tablet contracts and things like that I think they could easily get into that space 
and be off to 50 million, no problem. I do think it's a bit strange though. It does seem like an extremely outdated thing to have Xbox Live still going. I'd love to know the difference between Xbox Live Gold members versus Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members. I personally made the conversion over to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and I know a lot of people have. A lot of my friends have done the same because it's just worth it. It's worth doing. And I would love to see whether people have converted like myself or has rather stayed with Xbox Live Gold rather than converting to Game Pass. I don't know. I'd love to see those numbers and see the comparisons but I don't think we'll ever see that one sadly. And on to our final news story of the day. This one is very exciting indeed. It's actually breaking as of last night. It did pop up last night and I managed to fit the story in this morning while I was recording but Warner Brothers is possibly interested in selling TT Games and Netherrealm. This comes after the recent purchase of Playdemic by EA but speculation has always been swirling around and it's continued to on which studio would be next for the chopping block. Well it looks like Lego Studio TT Games and Mortal Kombat Studio Netherrealms are next up for grabs according to Windows Central's Jez Corden who said on the most recent episode of Xbox's 2 podcast the following. This document I've got seems to suggest that among the studios potentially that they're looking to spin off is Netherrealm and TT Games. Now, don't take that as evidence that Microsoft is going to acquire Netherrealm or Traveller's Tales because I have no information to suggest that they are right now personally, but I have heard that Netherrealm potentially could be up for sale I have heard Traveller's Tale potentially could be up for sale and I do have a document to back up that evidence. So that's very exciting indeed. I personally think it makes a ton of sense for Microsoft to pick up both of these studios if they do happen to have the chance to, if they're able to go in and buy both of these studios as well as the franchises that come with them. I think it makes so much sense. And in regards to Netherrealm, if they picked up that studio and didn't get Mortal Kombat, it wouldn't be such a bad thing because they could then put Netherrealm on a fighting franchise that they already own in the form of Killer Instinct. I think that would be very cool indeed. But I do think if Microsoft is going to buy both Netherrealm and TT Games that they would need to have access to the franchises that come with them, which would be Mortal Kombat and the Lego game series. I think they would have to get both of those because it does fill up some big gaps that they have in Game Pass. For example, they don't have much family-friendly content. And Phil recently spoke on the Xbox Unlocked podcast where he said that they think they're lacking in the family-friendly area and it would just make so much sense to pick up TT Games if Lego came with it because they could then fill that gap with some Lego-exclusive games. That would be very cool indeed. Mortal Kombat then would also fill their fighting void that they have there is a lack of good first party fighting games so I think that would be a really cool thing there they could have Mortal Kombat being one year and then the next year they could have Killer Instinct like how Netherrealm has done the same with Mortal Kombat and the DC games I don't think they'll be able to get the DC fighting games to come with it but I do think the Mortal Kombat stuff is realistic and I also think that they could do some really cool stuff there Corden did go on to highlight though that according to the document that he did have Warner Brothers seems very interested in keeping hold of the likes of Monolith and Rocksteady who is responsible for the Middle Earth series as well as the Batman Arkham games that one makes a ton of sense because it's making games of property that they own so 
it makes sense because they've got access to make the new Gollum game that they're working on. I don't think that's Monolith, actually. It might be Monolith. Who's working on the Gollum game? But they could make some really cool stuff there with Monolith. And then you've got Rocksteady, which is currently working on the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game. So... It just makes sense to keep both of those studios in my personal opinion and they can use both of them to possibly work on things like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings and Batman and still have a ton of great games to push out. It'll just be a little less frequent than they have been because they don't have things like the Mortal Kombats and the Legos to fill up those gaps. But overall, it's an exciting time for video games indeed. Acquisition season is upon us. This is the perfect time to start buying studios and games up. I think that's going to happen a lot very, very soon. I think we're going to hear some acquisition news possibly next week or the week after. I think there's something coming. I could just smell it. It's in the air. I can feel it on the horizon. But anyway, that is everything for this week's episode of the Hello Ghostly Podcast. I hope you have an awesome week slash weekend. Thank you for always listening to this ramblings of this madman. I'll catch you very shortly in the next episode. But as always, until then, ghostly out. <laughs>